0: One of the great deposits of wisdom in the Christian tradition comes from the sayings of the desert mothers and fathers. Um, The sayings of the desert fathers and mothers are collections of stories or sayings from Christians who, especially in the 4th century or roundabout then, went into the deserts of Egypt and Palestine, Arabia and Persia, Um, They left the cities and the towns of their day to pursue a deeper relationship with God, and alone and in communities they provided what sort of became a framework for monasticism. One of the stories from this collection of sayings relays how one day a person trying to figure out their faith and the meaning of life approached one of the Desert Fathers, saying, Father, give me a word. In that question, the seeker was basically asking, what do I do? How does one grow in the life of God? How does one pray? How does one develop? How does one learn to be more loving and more forgiving? How, 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 how? And so the wise old teacher looked into the hearts the heart of the seeking person and said, "Go and sit in your room, and your room will teach you everything. Your room will teach you everything, whether it 's a, a special room, a special room set aside for prayer or meditation or or your bedroom or a kitchen or a church or or a room of nature outside." The wisdom is the same. Sit still. Sit still with yourself. Meditate, pray, be present with yourself, your deepest self, and God will show up. God will show up for you and in you and around you, but it might not always be pretty. I remember some years ago, um, I had a number of things going on. I was taking classes at General Seminary. I was working in a church. I was doing an educational chaplaincy unit at Beth Israel Hospital. I was trying to keep a relationship going. I was doing all sorts of things. And so to sort of add to my list, I decided I should make a retreat during a weekend in Lent, And so I made reservations and went to Holy Cross Monastery up on the Hudson. Holy Cross, some of you know, is an Episcopal Benedictine community. It's a beautiful place. I had been before, and I remembered the the peace and the beauty of that place and and wanted that again. And so I arrived on a Friday afternoon, and I, I found my room, and my room was on the third floor right on the riverside, and so it was just perfect. I tried to get into the rhythm of things in the monastery there, um, and I heard things. I could hear the, the train when it went by on the other side of the Hudson. I could, I could hear an occasional barge going down the river. Over time, I could hear the creeks in the room. And then it was that sound of silence. If you've ever been in a place that's so quiet that... It almost has a sound of its own. And so I could hear the electric alarm clock hum. And then I began to hear other noise, the noise in my head. I began to hear all those little voices that had gone with me on retreat. Uh, One voice suggested, well, John, who do you think you are? Are You're breaking away for a, a weekend and being a pretend monk. And then another voice sort of saying, you're just a big phony. What are you doing here? And then another question reminding me, did you see Reverend so-and-so in the lobby? Didn't he look good? If you'd gotten your act together better, you could have been in a church like he's at. And on and on the voices went, questioning, raising issues, causing noise inside my head, inside my heart. I tried to silence the inner voices as I went to the, the sung prayers of the monastic community. By Saturday afternoon, it didn't work, and I ended the retreat and came back to Manhattan. I gave up. I just wasn't in a space to listen. It was only then that I remembered that in classes we were studying the wisdom of the desert mothers and fathers, and we had just talked about that phrase If you want to learn about God, go to your room and listen. I wasn't quite up for the challenge. I think a little bit of that is going on with Jesus. Having just been baptized, just filled with the Spirit, we remember those classic stories where where a dove appears and Jesus hears a voice from heaven saying, "'You are my beloved.'" There's no question of God's closeness and God's fullness in Jesus's life. But then the Spirit leads him, full of faith, into the wilderness. And there, over time, things begin to unravel just a little bit. And so there in the wilderness, Jesus is brought face to face with himself. And within himself, temptations begin to surface up in the form of Satan, Maybe Satan shows up in a person. Maybe Satan shows up in a vision. Or maybe Satan shows up for Jesus like Satan did for me. And those little voices in my head. It's always good to remember that Satan comes from the Hebrew, Satan. It means the accuser. The one who's always accusing us. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. On and on and on the voices go. That's the devil. (laughs) Whatever way we imagine it, it felt real for Jesus just as it feels real for us. And so those temptations play out before Jesus. The temptation of turning stones into bread, it's really a, a temptation of gluttony to satisfy ourselves with food and drink and stuff, to find happiness in things. The temptation of pursuing glory or the authority of the world is not really all that different for us, is it? We have countless choices to make between doing the thing that will better our paycheck or our professional standing or our status or the way others around us see us, as opposed to simply doing the quiet, just, honest, true, and decent thing. And then the third temptation for Jesus, it can sound outlandish. The devil tempts Jesus to jump off the temple top and be rescued by angels. Perhaps it can relate to us when from time to time we can become so uncomfortable in our own skin, so uncomfortable in our own situation, that we're tempted to jump in any direction, to do something tragic or dramatic or attention-getting, simply to change the situation. To each of these temptations, Jesus quotes scripture. In other words, Jesus takes a deep breath, touches his spiritual base, and does whatever he needs to do to to center himself and remind himself of who he is and whose he is. Jesus can withstand the devil's voice because Jesus has trained for this. He's ready through prayer, through showing and sharing compassion, through spending time alone, learning from his room and the many rooms in which he finds himself, learning from the Garden of Gethsemane, learning from the painful silence that sometimes comes in the face of truth. The season of Lent invites us to practice being one with God, being present with God, allowing God to be present with us. On Ash Wednesday, we, we heard again those classic disciplines that the church offers us. And so we, we we think of them and talk about them throughout this season, those those classic spiritual disciplines like prayer. Like self-reflection, like growing in faith, like almsgiving, like fasting. All of this is training for the spiritual battles that come up in life. It might be that we choose to to read a little bit in a spiritual book or a devotional or scripture. Maybe we choose to try to pray in a new way, maybe with words, maybe with our body. Maybe we try to save money in a particular way and give it to a cause or a person. Maybe we choose to fast, which can mean giving up a particular food or drink, or to fast in a more creative way, to to avoid waste, to use less plastic, to use less water. Who knows what it might be? Other things can become spiritual disciplines when they clarify and steady us. It might just be a daily walk or a time of reading or sitting still or writing in a journal. All of these, almost anything really, can be used by God to deepen us, to steady us, to to sharpen us, and to wake us up to God's presence. Wherever our spiritual room may be, whether it's a a literal room or a figurative or spiritual one, whether it's at home or at church or, or with others or in the park or a yoga studio or the gym, especially in this season, may we have the courage to meet God and the strength with Jesus to stare down the devil. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.